Welcome to Identity Matters Worldview Institute. We're an outreach of IOM America. You can visit our main site at www.iomamerica.org. We are pleased that you decided to join our lecture today. This series is a part of the I Am Online Worldview School. Within the school, we discuss cultural issues, political issues, or anything that we believe are affecting the indwelt Christians of today, particularly when it relates to their identity in Christ. Today's message is called God is a She. We hope, pray that you will enjoy this message and that it will be helpful for you to understand some of the cultural issues we're warring with today when it comes to a true, honest, biblical worldview. God is a she. I guess I have to ask the question, did you know that God is a she? Matthew 23, verse 37 says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. This is one of the verses used by many to prove that God is a she, believe it or not. Another clever angle used is a quote, God's wisdom in the Proverbs is personified as a female, unquote. Well, Proverbs 1, 20 through 21 does say wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy street she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city she utters her sayings. The ultimate reference used by these depraved thinkers is when God created Adam and Eve in his own image, male and female. And it does say in Genesis 1.27, And God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them. Now in our present culture, among many, God is viewed as a gender-neutral God. And believe it or not, sex matters to God. Have you ever mixed vinegar with baking soda? What happened if you did? Because of the nature of both elements being stable in their individual compositions, stability dominates their individual purposes. If both elements are forced into a compound, a chemical reaction occurs. In fact, a violent reaction erupts to expel the forces of each. The first reaction is the acid-base reaction. When vinegar and baking soda are first mixed together, hydrogen ions in the vinegar react with the sodium and bicarbonate ions in the baking soda. Carbonic acid is form as a result of this reaction. This reaction immediately begins to decompose into water and dangerous levels of carbon dioxide gases are forced to be released, thus the eruption. If the eruption process is restricted, a mini-bomb is made. Now science geeks know this is how you make homemade volcanoes. The same is true for maleness and femaleness. Each has its distinct nature that will react if forced 
into a gender-neutral state. God didn't create Adam and Eve as Shems. He created them distinctively different. They look different. They are physiologically different, different in biology, hormones, as well as being psychologically wired completely different. This is where we get the common sense understanding of both having different needs and desires. Here's the irony. If you read the above descriptive to your great-grandparents, they might think you've lost your mind, both wondering why you are just now discovering these elementary principles. But today, if you read the same statement to a graduate student of sociology or anthropology from the University of Mindless Discoveries, they'd tell you, you are wrong. They would bore you with discoveries of modern science, claiming men and women are basically the same. They would tout that their science proves that sexuality exists on a spectrum, and it is determined by internal feelings. So, sorry, Grandma and Grandpa, you had it all wrong. You've been delusional. Seriously, who really is delusional? You don't have to believe in God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit to figure this one out. Let's keep apples with apples. A delusion is a belief that contradicts reality. Even scientific evidence reveals our core thesis here. The science community states that delusions are common in psychotic disorders. Now, either two-thirds of the world is suffering from psychotic disorders, or there's a more disturbing ideation taking place in our culture today. While it would be easier to say that the world has gone psychotic, it would be a lie. The truth is simple. You don't have to be psychotic to be delusional. Since all of mankind needs a god of some type, and when you calculate the number of men-haters in the world today, both male and female socialize themselves into converting God into a she. This way the God they love is not apt to act like the male that victimized them. This same method of human reason can be applied to all gender-neutral sociological issues. This is most likely the primary ideology behind homosexuality, transvestism, gender identity, and lesbianism. One of the main sociological challenges we see in our culture today, just today I was given a statistic of how women now dominate 70% of the corporate jobs today. The exact opposite statistic noted in 1960s. Last month, I was given a report on the alarming problem of teachers emasculating boys in public schools. While I will share more details in an up-and-coming article called Boys to Women, we need to agree that these sociological statistics are telling us something. Culturally speaking, one of the leading criticisms made against God today is... The Bible refers to God as a he 100% of the time, and it does. Why did the writers of the Bible speak of God in this way? 
because he consistently revealed himself as a he. Even though it is a grievous sin to God, from the position of created man to tell God who he is, we must maintain the reality that he created man. We didn't create the creator. As for the question regarding creating Adam and Eve in his image, well, let's remember the full image of God. God is a he, Jesus is a he, and the Holy Spirit, according to the Hebrew and the Greek, is always referenced with feminine descriptives. For example, comforter, caretaker, advocate, helper. If scholars or laymen deflect this simple truth, it is easy to be trapped by the ideology of turning the triune God into something he's not. As one who loves Hebrew, I will disclose a little secret to you. You can rule out any reference to neuter being mentioned in the Bible. In fact, neuter nouns don't exist in Hebrew. The language used in the Old Testament, the period God used to establish his identity with mankind, God's main identity title used in the Hebrew is God the Father. Now, females cannot be fathers, no matter how much they try to act like a man. Outside of Greek mythology, there is no mention of a woman being a god, let alone being the god. While it is true that the majority of gods in the early Greek culture were female, God gives no credit to such depravity, not in the Old or New Testament. Does all this make women lesser than men? Are you kidding? Women carry the mark and the identity of the Holy Spirit. Here's a question. When was the last time you read Jesus making reference to giving credit to the Holy Spirit? You don't. This didn't make the Holy Spirit lesser in the Trinity. It proves the mandates and the reasons behind the instruction as to why women play a unique role in advancing the life of Christ in the church, quietly and submissively. Satan has used this one ideation and twisted it upside wrong to have women defensive about being quiet and submissive. Well, now we live in a culture where 70% of the influence and power is coming from women and the little boys are confused. All of the rules of engagement for women in culture, then and now, is an exemplary role demonstrating the role of the Holy Spirit. They were not created to be masculine in behavior, functioning as fathers, brothers, husbands, or any other male attribute. They are specifically created to replicate the role of the Holy Spirit on earth for the Father who art in heaven. Now this is why Satan's main goal is to remove or twist up or promote homosexuality and lesbianism. He is trying to remove this proper order in order for him to take order. Well, does Father know best? According to global statistics, no. The irony? While it is true that nearly all the world's violence is committed by males, 
In 2008, it was noted that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. So what's the irony? When men feel emasculated, they lean toward proving their masculinity through aggression, a fact known throughout history. Their aggression causes one of three inevitable consequences. They leave the home, they're forced out of the home, or they are legally removed from the home. This obviously puts the young males in the home facing the above statistics. Statistics also reveal that young boys raised under singularity female influence are set up for two primary choices. The first being they become twice as aggressive as their absent fathers. Secondly, they choose the less resistant route and become infeminate, become like their mommies. Exaggerated maleness produces violence. And for many, effeminate maleness produces homosexuality. It is the effeminate males that often join the movement of turning God into a she. So there you have it. All of this results in an ever-increasing violent world, while the culture becomes increasingly delusional into a homosexual mindset. The father figure has always been identified as the rule-giver, the mother figure has been identified as the influence of grace, softening the harshness of the father's rules. When the father is no longer in the home, the children are raised in excessive grace, which produces liberal modalities. When there is a healthy balance between law and grace, the children grow up in an idyllic environment, this helps us understand the reason for the individual roles of the Trinity. God, the lawgiver, Jesus as grace, and the Holy Spirit as the advocate to reinforce the two. God as the head of the Trinity must be viewed by humans as three in one. If this single doctrine is ignored, the humans will fashion each individual part of the Trinity into their own depravity. To reduce the problem of aggressive males, males need a father figure who has a proper balance between law and grace. Since our culture survives within the absent father syndrome, mentors with an eternal understanding of law and grace are needed. Without these mentors stepping up, the global community will become more and more dominated by two social groupings, effeminate males and dominant women. Jesus references this problem in the book of Revelation. It says in Revelation 19:2, Because his judgments are true and righteous, for he has judged the great harlot, who was corrupting the earth with her immorality. And he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. You would have to attend the 2020 Revelation series to get all the details on that one little verse. 
But it is true and it is authentic and it is a warning. So why don't we blame women or the effeminate males? Well, this brings us to the real issue, Satan. We may not understand the complete reasons for his use of femaleness and or infeminates, but the scripture certainly reveals his plan. There are two primary stories in the Bible that reveal God's attitude toward this sociological problem, Sodom and Gomorrah, and then the great harlot in the book of Revelation. In both cases, he brings severe consequences upon the establishments. Neither survive. And in both cases, God's maleness as the father is reestablished. God has always been deeply offended by being viewed as effeminate. God's eternal dominion is dependent on this single issue. Everything he has created, accomplished, and put in place is for this single mission, to glorify God, the Father, who is a He. Revelation 1.6 says, And He has made us to be a kingdom, priests to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It should not be a surprise to any authentic Christian that Satan will work tirelessly to reduce God to a she, which covertly makes him the harlot. This is transference at its best. God cannot keep his promise to be a father to the fatherless unless the people are seeking a trustworthy father. Prophecy clearly reveals what happens when the people seek a mother of God or God as a mother. Our answer comes to us in Proverbs. It says, Do not move the ancient boundaries or go into the fields of the fatherless. That's Proverbs 23.10. We need to stop moving the ancient boundaries put in place by the father We need to avoid the fields of the fatherless, for their ideologies are dangerously disruptive. We need to accept the boundaries God has put in place. We need to allow these boundaries to protect us. If, or should I say when we don't, we will ultimately be allowing our enemy, Satan, to treat God like a whore. The world claims that God is a she, and this is beyond ridiculous. In fact, it's demonic. The depraved thinking behind this erroneous proclamation is the evidence that God will use to demand the final verdict. So when he says he has avenged the blood of his bondservant on her, to this I say, Will the real her please stand up and show himself? Think that through and you'll get the answer. I'll finish with these couple verses. Revelation chapter 18 verses 4 and 5. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. God 
is not a she. God is the he. Until next time.